Okay. It's Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Yesterday, Jeff Bezos shocked the business world by announcing that he will be stepping down as CEO of Amazon. Not to worry, though. It's Amazon, so they'll deliver a brand new CEO in two business days or less. Chuck Schumer says that he and the GOP Senate leaders have reached a deal to fully transfer Senate control to the Democrats. Because like everything else, just getting more votes and winning elections isn't enough for Republicans to give up their power. Democrats have decided to no longer wait for Republican leader Kevin McCarthy to punish Marjorie Taylor Greene for the ever-growing number of incendiary comments she has made over the past few years. In McCarthy's defense, he's taking his time deciding whether to strip Greene of her committee appointments or ask her to run for president in four years. Speaking of failed GOP leaders, Donald Trump's lawyers have submitted their impeachment defense brief and it's filled with lies and typos. It's one thing for the former president to override his lawyers, but Trump won't even admit when spell check is right. Lawyers for Jenny Louise Cudd, accused of participating in the U.S. Capitol insurrection, have asked a federal judge for permission for her to leave the country on vacation this month. And the judge said yes. Hmm, plane ticket and a passport? Isn't that the definition of a flight risk? A New York City Soul Cycle instructor is facing backlash after jumping the line to get the COVID-19 vaccine by claiming to be an educator. The spin class instructor has since apologized, but it's a little too late to backpedal now. Kraft Foods is close to selling its planter brand of snack foods to Skippy peanut butter maker Hormel for $3 billion. That's a lot of money for a brand being sold for peanuts. Mariah Carey's sister Allison Carey is suing the singer for $1.25 million, claiming emotional distress caused by Mariah's recently released memoirs. Hey, I read it and honestly, I might sue to get the $22.50 back that I paid for the book. The Golden Globe nominations were announced this morning and already some are criticizing the nominations for a lack of diversity, which once again proves that if you're white in Hollywood, you're golden. Country music star Morgan Whalen is being dropped from radio stations and streaming service playlists after being caught on video yelling the N-word out while in Nashville. To be fair, he must have thought that it was the good old days when you had to yell the N-word to be a country music star in Nashville. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood TMI Daily crew, and today we have some special guests joining us as, as well. It's a family and friends affair here at TMI Daily tonight. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast. Let's start with our guests tonight. Let's start all the way from Jalisco, Mexico, my cousin Robert. Robert, say hello to everyone watching or listening to us. Hello. Hello, Veronica, and hello to everyone watching this TMI broadcast. Thanks for having me here. Okay. And my good friend, Melissa. 
Hi, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. Okay. And our very own Danny, TMI Daily's number one fan. Hello, everyone. There's a lot of holidays today, but for those of you with a uh, dog at home, it's doggy date night. So be nice to your pets tonight. What? It's doggy date night? Doggy date night. That's our night every night. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Hi, everyone listening on Google Podcasts. Um, today is the uh, anniversary of the day the music died when uh, uh, Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper all, all passed away in that plane crash. Uh, I wanted to uh, honor them by driving my Chevy to the levee, but I don't have a Chevy, and we really don't have a levee here in L.A., so I drove my Volkswagen to the sandwich shop instead. Okay, well, the intention was there, Joe. So I know. I know. Yeah. Pete. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't wear the same shirt Joe did because then we would have looked weird together. <laughs> but yeah. Peter does have this shirt. <laughs> what not? Come on. And Chris. Oh, he's muted. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am off mute and I am jealous of Joe's shirt. That is an awesome shirt and I wish I had one. This is a really comfortable shirt, too. It looks I'm comfortable. I wear this way more often now. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is that Minnie Mouse on your shirt? It's uh, it's Mickey Mouse. He's on vacation. See, he's got a oh, okay. over here. It's Mickey Mouse on vacation on my shirt. Nice. Hey, be careful what you wish for, Chris. There's always your birthday. <laughs> Listen, as long as it's goofy, I'm good. Oh, and Chris, happy Black History Month again. Oh, oh gay, gay. That's right. That is right. Welcome to day three of Black History Month. Welcome, everybody. Damn it. Well, you know what? I never asked you this. Do you have any Black History you could give us today? Do I have any Black history I give you? Let me just throw a fact at him. Some, anything, something historical. Uh, Chicago, Illinois was one of the leading grounds for the Black Panthers. All right. Okay. <laughs> you said <laughs> any history. <laughs> That's history. It's Black history. I, You're I, I, I officially don't think Chris knows anything about Black history. Well, <laughs> I just gave you facts. What are you talking about? The, gra- the ground. The Bulls are also from Chicago, too, but that's not the, the, the point. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, technically, that's Black history, too, if you want to add Jordan oh, in there. That's yeah. part of our history. Definitely. The Bulls, Peter, that the sounds like a game streak. for Friday. <laughs> Who knows more Black history? <laughs> hey, I, hey, first of all, I knew myself with Kwanzaa, okay? I knew all that shit. I already knew more about Kwanzaa. He does know Kwanzaa. Yes, he does. Well, <laughs> Chris, I hope you're enjoying your month. So happy Black History Month. Here we go. I got, a, I got a Black History fact for you for today, the third uh, little Richard was still alive <laughs> after that plane crash because he wasn't on the plane because he was smart. <laughs> okay, so let's start tonight's show. <laughs> For the first time since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine in the U.S., vaccinations topped 1.3 million people last week. With the Biden administration planning on sending new doses to pharmacies, pharmacy chains across the country for hopefully quicker distribution, we thought that tonight we would focus on the questions, concerns, and misinformations about the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, we are supposed to be having our friend. You're just coming in now. Okay, our friend Merrick is joining us. So to help us, we have our friend Merrick Paliawoda, a physician's assistant in New York who also had covid we also have our fellow cast member. Oh, he, 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 we don't have Cameron. He oh. might pop in, though. Um, he was I part of the Pfizer vaccine, but we'll talk to him if he does come on. We have our Friday panelist. And like I said, TMI Daily's number one fan, Danny Gonzalez. 
He's a healthcare worker and he received the vaccine a few weeks ago. And we also have my good friend, Melissa Garcia, who is a veterinary tech and practice manager who also received the vaccine. And my cousin, Robert Chavez, a business owner and a local politician in Mexico um, who can give us an understanding of how Mexico is moving forward with the vaccine. Wow, that was a lot to unpack. So thank you all for joining us. Now let's make everybody read back exactly what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Say one thing I said, one thing. So before we start, um, I actually want to say welcome, Merrick. Um, So thank you for joining us, as always. So I'm going to actually start with you. So you had COVID last summer, correct? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. So now in your line of work, you deal with a lot of medical professionals. I imagine there's a lot of different opinions about the vaccines. Would you mind telling us the different things you're hearing, both good good and bad, about the vaccination? Well, the interesting thing is that depending on the person's age, you get a different answer. The older healthcare workers are going for the vaccine. The younger healthcare workers are not. And the reason is because there's a lot of skepticism about the vaccine and how fast it was developed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's one of the things I was just going to bring up. I think one of the things that people that makes people skeptical is the speed that they were, you know, created. So I know we've talked about this in the past, but what is the usual process of a drug that has to has to go through the approval? And how were companies like Pfizer and Moderna able to get the vaccines to the point of mass use in such a short period of time? That's a great question. So right off the bat, it takes 15 years usually for a new medication to get from development, or I should say the creation of the molecule, to be put out then later on the shelf and uh, put out to the mass public. Uh, Usually you go, um, there's four phases. Uh, Before the phases start, there's a preclinical phase, basically where the molecule is created and there's thousands of molecules. When they pinpoint the molecule that they think is going to work, the best to treat a certain condition, then what they'll do, they'll, they'll approach the uh, FDA and they'll put in the application, which is a IND, okay? And basically it's an initial new drug application. Once the FDA says, okay, you know, you can go into clinical trials with this, they'll look at the data. They'll go into phase one. In phase one, the clinical coordinators, the investigators will basically group, uh, round up let's say, of 50, maybe 100 healthy individuals. And they'll test the drug on these individuals. They'll see basically what the pharmacokinetics uh, is of that medication. And what that basically is to see how the body absorbs that medication, how it reacts to the medication, and how it's basically let out from the body. Uh, They'll go into a little bit about the side effects of the medication. But once that data is... um, collected, they'll go into phase two. Phase two is where they actually get patients who are sick with the condition. And it's usually about, again, 50 to 100 people, but these are people who have the condition. And again, they'll test the medication out on these these patients. Um, They'll go into pharmacokinetics and again, checking for side effects, you know, against these people actually have the condition, like I said. Once that passes, or I should say that data is collected, they'll go into phase three. Phase three basically is where it goes out into a more larger scale of sick individuals. 
So it might not be, you know, 50 to 100 patients, but more like 1,000 or 2,000 patients. Once that data is collected, they'll basically apply to the FDA, uh, NDA, which is a new drug application. And the FDA will basically look at that data and make the decision of, okay, are we going to let this go uh, out into the public? Or are we going to basically recall it and have uh, more data collected to make a decision? Once that's done, it goes into phase four, which is it's out in the mass uh, public. And that's really where you start getting the side effects uh, collection of data. Once it's really out in the world, you know, it's not a controlled group anymore. It's basically, you know, different demographics, different regions of the world, uh, different people reacting to the medication. At this point, it's already approved. And this is where the real side effect um, profiles start coming up. Hmm. Asked about this vaccine. How does this Moderma or Pfizer or AstraZeneca get a vaccine so quickly? Well, if there's a need uh, for a cure, for something that's a threat to basically the world, then they can fast track a medication. And basically they'll apply for a special, let's say permit uh, application. Basically it's a fast track application and the FDA will take that data of these very quickly done uh, phases and they'll compare it you know, to whatever they possibly can compare it to that they have in their database. You know, they'll look at the pharmacokinetics, they'll look at side effect profiles, and at that point they'll make a decision. Is this worth letting out into the public? You know, it's a risk-reward type of uh, decision that has to be made. Mm-hmm. So with this, they made the decision of, okay, you know, we have this threat, it's major, and we have to make a decision, and we decide that with the data we have collected – that will let this out into the public at this point. Okay. So for people like yourself who have had COVID, is there an urgency to get vaccinated or should those people be moved, you know, to a later date to give an opportunity to other people that haven't gotten COVID to be vaccinated? What do you think about that? This is my personal opinion. Yes, your personal opinion. (laughs) My personal opinion. Um, I check my antibody levels every four months. And basically, I wouldn't take the vaccine. I'm I'm not in any rush to take this vaccine. Um, If my antibody levels are up, I have the vaccine. I have the natural vaccine. Um, I'm more open to getting re-exposed to the vaccine, knowing that my antibody levels are there, and that army is inside my body, and that army will fight, and basically that's the natural booster get my antibodies back up so personally i would not go to get the vaccine Mm -hmm. okay so last week was the first time that the u.s was able to vaccinate 1.3 million people even at that current rate it would take a year to get everyone in the u.s vaccinated so realistically what do you think is the time frame um, before the U.S. reaches the 75 to 80% vaccination that health experts claim would be herd immunity? Uh, you're talking about vaccinations being administered. Correct, right, yes. So I understand the, the question. When yes. do you think they'll achieve that? 
Mm-hmm. At least, or at least be able to vaccinate the 75 to 80% of, of Americans that they say should be vaccinated. That's a great question. And mm-hmm. I have no idea because there have been so many delays with this vaccine that it's very difficult to answer that question. Mm-hmm. You know, in New York, uh, you know, they ordered more vaccines. Well, I should say they, they made more appointments than they had vaccines. And it was a logistical nightmare. So it's a very hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before I open it to the panel to see if they have any questions for you, I actually thought of another question to ask you. Um, as a healthcare professional, in your opinion, what's your opinion on double masking? Because we keep hearing, you know, that it's a good thing to do. I mean, I'm doing it when I go out. Um, some people are saying that it could also be potentially dangerous if you don't put them on right. Because, you know, the, the virus could still get in. So what is your opinion about double masking? My, or does it make a difference? Mm-hmm. Just put an N95 mask on. <laughs> you get your hands on an N95 mask, ma- mask on, then uh, I wouldn't double, double mask. Mm-hmm. You know, get your hands on an N95 mask, then I would, you know, double masking is fine. You know, I would like to know the long-term studies of people, you know, breathing in their own carbon monoxide all the time because, you know, essentially that's what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before I go to Robert, does anybody have any questions for, for Merrick on the panel? Pete, let's start with you. Hey, buddy. Um, I know you and I kind of talked off the air a little bit about this, but you said that, you know, one of the things that's troubling you is that, a lot of the side effects that are that, that are coming from this aren't being publicized here the way that, say, they would be in Europe. Um, what do you mean by that? Oh, you're not really. Listen, I get reports from, from uh, colleagues and family overseas, and the information they get about the side effects that people are having with this vaccine, it's nothing we're hearing here, you know, if anything, you're only hearing, you know, positive stuff about this vaccine here, which is to me alarming because, like I said, you know, we rushed through this. We have a new virus that basically in eight months we made a vaccine for it. Okay. Now think about that. 15 years to put out a new medication, a new vaccine. We did it in eight months. Now, granted, there was a lot of small people working on this thing. Okay. But the side effects to this thing, there are going to be side effects. There's side effects with every medication. I don't know if anyone on that panel ever read the side effects of Advil. It would make you never want to take Advil again, you know? And these things really happen. If you, ever, if you get the time, read, read the side effects of Tylenol or Advil. You know, they're there because they actually happen. They happen when this, this, these medications, these OTCs, over-the-counter medications, we're going through their trials, you know, and the same thing, you know, like I said, eight months, they came out with a new vaccine. You know, I always say, look, we have the flu vaccine. We, we haven't gotten that right. You know, every year we, we need a new flu vaccine. And basically it's based on a statistic. I think last year's vaccine was totally off for the flu. So here you're going to tell me that we have a vaccine that we've made in eight months, and this is going to cover this brand new uh, virus. And not only that, they're coming out and saying it's covering the variants, the mutations. I don't, I don't buy it. You know, it does not make sense. Okay. 
Any more questions from Eric before I move on? Okay. So speaking of, you know, how other countries are handling the vaccine, I invited my cousin, Robert, who's in Mexico, to come on with us today. So, Robert, I want to ask you firstly, what is the pandemic like in Mexico right now? Hello, everyone. Uh, Well, it's really terrible. Uh, It's terrible right now, and it has a lot to do with uh, the out with the start of the pandemic, with the way it was handled, uh, mostly by the uh, foremost authorities, the the health minister and the president himself, they were uh, they were misinforming people quite quite heavily by saying that COVID uh, was not a problem, that it was not even as bad as um, as any common cold, so that we shouldn't worry that much, that we should keep on going out, we should uh, embrace each other and go to restaurants. Although that was on the outset, on the onset of the pandemic, it generated that kind of sentiment, that kind of uh, thought in everyone, that everyone resisted to believe how uh, how deep the, the problem can go. And we're uh, currently, we're looking at the results from uh, the Christmas uh, celebration for the holidays and right now we we have a, a, a peak of about uh, seventeen hundred deaths, and we're a population of uh, one hundred and thirty million people, uh, and uh, the count of bodies is already at around one hundred and sixty thousand thousand. Sorry, and the problem right now is uh, the lack of hospital beds. Uh, the whole country is suffering from that from that problem from uh, saturation of of no more beds and there's even uh, uh, difficulty in finding an, an uh, oxygen tanks uh, the black market has appropriated that and you're ending up paying the $2500 for a for a tank of oxygen so uh, it's taken a heavy toll in in the in people's uh, health, of course, and in people's money. Mm-hmm. So, has Mexico started rolling out the vaccines? And if not, what's the plan, as far as you know, for vaccination? Yes, yes Mexico has started, but uh, again, um, there's such a big lack of transparency in how this has been handled. Uh, the federal government. And the federal health authority is, uh, of course, straight taking control of the vaccination plan. And no state government or no uh, private entity is allowed. And, and probably the, the doctor can correct me on this uh, because of the early stages of the uh, of the of the drug of the um, of the vaccine. So only the federal authority can can deal with labs to get the vaccine the vaccines. So uh, they have uh, classified that information for the next five years on on how the contracts were arranged with the labs to get the vaccines. So I don't know. There's that feeling, that sentiment that we have been lied to because, as we were saying previous to start the show. Uh, we were told that we would get 1.5 million doses in the first shipment. So it was a huge show around the plane uh, landing on Mexico City's airport. And only to for us to find out the next day that there were only 3,000 doses on that shipment. So everything has been handled like that. Uh, so far, only 0.53% 
of the population has been vaccinated in the country. Wow. Okay. Um, has there been any reports about how people in Mexico feel about getting the vaccination that you know of or people that you know? That- yes, uh, both, both. Yeah, people that I know um, uh, as everywhere. There's a lot of misinformation because people take the, the source of, of uh, their information from Facebook or from uh, the web in general. <laughs> So even the positives and the negatives are not scientifically based. So there is a lot of misinformation. Uh, yes, uh, there's a, mostly a medical staff that I need. Uh, some friends that I know here in Ciudad Guzman, where we live in a town of 100,000 uh, people, some of them have already got by, vaccinated, at least the first, uh, the first dose. So um, there's a mix, you know, but there's also a lot of misinformation. So people, a lot of people have fear of being vaccinated because of uh, uh, misinformation uh, running the web. And some people really do want to get it. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, but are you comfortable getting it? And what about your family and my aunt and my uncle who, you know, are obviously older, your parents? Yes, uh, they they are supposed to to be in line, especially my parents, which are uh, 83 and 78, are are in line to get the vaccine uh, this or next month, supposedly. But the the shipments have been coming much slower than expected. Uh, Yes, there's always the the fear of of being, uh, of getting a new drug, or uh, it kind of almost feels like an experimental drug. But there's also the other side of the illness. Uh, I've seen some really close friends, uh, some friends, close friends that you know too, that went uh, through really difficult times uh, that almost died. Uh, my age, I'm, I'm 50 years old, and you wouldn't expect someone uh, to have such bad symptoms. So I would I would take the risk myself, and I would advise my family to do so, even my parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I have one final question that I thought about right before the show started. Um, so you know, you're you own retail stores. You know, as as a business owner, are you going to require your employees to to have be vaccinated, or have you not thought about that yet? Where do you stand on that? Honestly, I haven't thought about it uh, uh, per se. Uh, I would recommend it. But again, the process uh, to get access to the vaccine is so um, unclear at the moment. Our country just opened a uh, web page where you can register your, your uh, not yourself, you have to be over 60 years old to register, uh, to, to get in line to be vaccinated. But uh, the page has been crashing since it went up yesterday, so... Wow. There's really no idea on how it's going to happen. And what we're doing here uh, in retail stores is uh, enforce as, as, uh, the preventive measures as best as we can. Uh, you know, mandatory face masks, uh, mandatory uh, hand washing every, every uh, half hour, uh, limited uh, people coming into the stores, uh, uh, try to ventilate the spaces mm-hmm. as much as possible. Fortunately, we haven't had any any case here in the in the business yet. Oh, well, that's good. Good to hear. Um, so, does anybody have any questions for Robert before I move on? 
Uh, Joe. I know we talked about misinformation. Um, I mean, to be honest with you here in, in America, some of that gets to be really crazy. I think that's why I, I have a lot more faith in the vaccine, basically, because when I hear these people that think that uh, Bill Gates is putting a chip in it to uh, to chip everybody so that we're all part of his satanic cabal and stuff like that. Um, so it makes me, you know, like like this is some crazy stuff. Um is that are you seeing anything like that down there? Like, like really, just like nutty stuff? Because um, I mean, I'm just wondering how the rest of the world world is, or is that just something that is unique to us idiots up here? No, not at all. Not, not unique to the U.S. at all. Uh, the same information about the chip being uh, implanted into you uh, is going around here, and also there's uh, the, the the notion that they're going to modify your DNA. Uh, to make you some kind of a zombie uh, follower or something like that. So, yes, a lot of crazy uh, stuff is going on around the web here, too. Oh, It's good to know it's not just here in the U.S. <laughs> Merrick, <laughs> do you have a question for Robert? Uh, actually, I just want to ask Robert. So one of the concerns we are having here is, um, like I said, there was more appointments made uh, and it was terrible. You know, a lot of people, elderly people, you know, signed up, were going crazy trying to get this vaccine only to find out that it wasn't available. Now, for the people who did get the vaccine, and we're talking about the two-dose vaccine, now there's some concern that, okay, when will I get the second vaccine? And is it going to be in the time frame that they're saying I should get it? And if I don't get it in that time frame, is it going to be as effective? So I'm just wondering in Mexico if that concern is also uh, there. You know, are people who did get the vaccine uh, wondering if they're going to get the second one and will they get it in time? Yes, I think that concern exists, but it's mostly within the uh, medical uh, staff uh, group of people because why I think that because they are the, the ones that have the more the most information so they know what the process of the vaccine's work is and they know that that they need to get that second dose to get uh, the best protection so yes but it depends on on what group of people that is mm-hmm. okay and hey. my I'm sorry I have one more question oh, go ahead Mary. sorry is is Mexico publishing, you know, any side effects that people are having from getting the vaccine as well? No, not really. Uh, not really. Uh, because, uh, again, the vaccine rollout has been so slow. Uh, we were supposed to get the, a lot of doses from the Pfizer vaccine and from the Moderna vaccine. Okay. But now they've cut that uh, like a fivefold or tenfold, and uh, there's rumors around. There are rumors that there really weren't any contracts to get those vaccines uh, with the labs. So now the news is that uh, Vladimir Putin spoke with Mexico's president, and they're going to send uh, like a hundred million doses of the Sputnik vaccine. Whoa. That was about a week. Ago. Yeah, that was about a week ago when that information came. But back then, uh, the vaccine didn't, that vaccine didn't still had gone through the phase three trials. So 
the, our medical authority has had said in August that it was immoral to put out a medication that hadn't gone through those trials. And last week, when it hadn't, he said, oh, no, it's okay because they've done some tests here and we've done some tests uh, also too. So, no, there's, I think there is a more uh, an effort to handle things politically. So side effects will be um, tried to be kept down uh, out of the radar, I think. That, that's my personal opinion. I mean, I, I don't know. We all said, ooh, but I mean, even Norman is concerned. <laughs> yeah, just, for, uh, just for the record, that was not my Norman. I don't know who that was. Okay. <laughs> that was Chano, by the way. Oh, okay. that, that's the other <laughs> Robert's dog. He's outraged with the Norman, whole, uh, Norman's cousin. He's very concerned, too. <laughs> yes, he's very concerned. <laughs> Norman's being a good boy right now. <laughs> Okay, so any more questions for Robert before I move on to Danny and Melissa? Okay, so Danny, you received your vaccination early last month and your second dose recently, correct? Actually, the first dose was on December 29th, and the second dose was January 19th. Okay, so since so few people have gotten vaccinated so far, would you and Melissa mind explaining the process of how and why you got to the vaccine at this point? For example, like, you know, did you have a lot of pain? Um, why, why do you guys qualify to be vaccinated and so on? Do you want to start? And then I'll go to, to Melissa. Sure. Um, I work in a GI research on the administrative side. And um, although we don't deal directly with patients, my role evolved at our um, organization because people in my role had to help with the, um, when employees and visitors would come in, we had to help with um, their temperature checks, you know, at entrances. So because I was exposed to um, people I normally wasn't, and because I do have underlying health conditions with my asthma, um, I was pretty, I was selected pretty early on um, from my group. And I took the first vaccine and I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. Can I stop you for one second? Can you start it like from the beginning? Like what is the actual process? So you make your appointment, you show up. Well, the organization I work for, um, we had to fill out a questionnaire. And okay. based on the questionnaire, was where you got, I guess, put in a group. And as um, you, as appointments and dosages became available, your group was called. Originally, I wasn't slated to take mine until January 13th, but because we opened up a bigger area for the vaccines to take place, the vaccinations to take place at, um, our group got moved up, you know, and I was able to, you know, go the last week of December. So... Once you're given the first appointment, you're scheduled automatically for your second one. And it is 21 days after. Okay. Now, after they gave you the vaccine, did you have to wait around for a few minutes? or yes, after, you- um, after taking the vaccine, you're asked to sit in the back of the auditorium. And for about 15, 20 minutes, there are nurses on hand in case, you know, you're feeling sick or you're feeling dizzy or whatnot. Um, as far as I know, nothing ever happened to anybody. And after 15 minutes, um, you get a walk out. Okay. Any side effects that you experienced? The first time I just woke up with a sore arm. 
um, I popped some Tylenol. Someone had told me to take Tylenol as soon as I got home. And that's what I did. And I woke up with a sore arm. Chances are it's because I also sleep on that side. But um, the sore arm lasted for about two, three days. But anytime I would feel it, you know, any unbearable pain, I would just take Tylenol and it would go away. The second time I spoke to a pharmacist friend of mine and she recommended that I not take Tylenol right away um, so that the vaccine can fully spread and not have anything impeded. So I took her advice. And when I came back home that day, I didn't take um, any Tylenol. I was actually really good. The only thing, it, it, it was a little sore. So I just put some CBD lotion on it um, around my arm and I was fine. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning thinking I was dying because every ounce of me hurt. And I should have taken Tylenol before going to sleep. So that's what I recommend to people now that I know are taking it. Before you go to sleep, take some Tylenol. I looked for my Tylenol, popped two in, and slept another couple hours, and I was fine. Mm-hmm. Pete, did and you want to ask a question? Same pain, yes. you know, for a couple of days, but Tylenol or Motrin, whatever is your preference, it would just make it go away. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of ask Danny off of what he just said. So you woke up in the middle of the night and you felt really terrible. Like, like what kind of pain were you in um, at that time? And, and are, was it consistent with the, the kind of pains that they were saying people had from getting COVID? Because obviously there is some kind of correlation between the vaccine and the actual disease. If it is, um, my sincerest sympathy to everyone, because that was body aches that I had never experienced before. It was from the tip of my head to the tip of my toes. Every ounce of me hurt. I was just sore all over. And it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. And how long did that last? Just that night or? Just until I popped Tylenol in. Mm -hmm. You know, I got up, I walked to the living room, grabbed my Tylenol and, you know, drank two, you know, took two, excuse me. And I laid back down. I was asleep within five, 10 minutes. And when I woke up two hours later, I was fine. Can I, can I just, um, I want to run a question back to Marek. Um, kind of along what Danny's saying now, now obviously when they make a vaccine, vaccine, there is some elements of the actual uh, disease in the, in, in the, uh, in the vaccine, right? And is that why there are those kind of side effects that you get, you know, after you get it kind of the same way you with the flu shot? Is that the same thing kind of? Right. Basically, you're introducing the antigen, which is the virus, to make the antibodies. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why a person getting, you know, different vaccines, COVID vaccine, flu vaccine, you know, they will experience possibly some of the symptoms. Now, what he described, I went through 13 days of that. <laughs> and uh, it was the strangest uh thing to go through because I actually felt car accidents that my body has gone through, you know, 25 years ago. I felt, you know, wisdom teeth that were pulled, you know, 20 years ago. Um, Recently, uh, when I got COVID, I actually injured my uh, calf muscle. I tore, I tore some, uh, um, some muscle there and the pain it was like the day that it happened, you know, um, it just, it was insane. The, the body aches, the neck pain, um, 
the the headaches, you know, the migraines, it, it was just nonstop. I mean, it really, it put you through the gamut. I, I have to ask, I mean, we've known each other about 25 years. Um, did you get a pain in the ass from any of the women you used to date? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sure he got a bigger one from you, Peter. Uh, I'm pretty sure he woke up pain. in the middle of the night screaming your name. Well, listen, in all in all fairness to these women, nothing compared to COVID, okay? <laughs> and I always say, on a joking side, COVID had to be created by a woman because <laughs> men seem to get it the worst, and it seems to keep the guy home a lot. <laughs> so, um, Daddy, you got the second dose already. Right. Yeah. So you're, I think, Melissa, you haven't gotten the second dose yet. Oh, yeah. So did the doctors tell you how long after you get your second dose, you have protection from the virus? Or did, did they not say anything about that to you? The physician, um, um, one of the physicians that I work for, um, he said pretty much you're, you'll be immune uh, as early as two weeks. You know, so I, I have to admit, yesterday seemed like a normal day for me. I actually went to the corner you know, market, you know, the lady was surprised to see me. Like, I haven't seen you since March. I'm like, I know. I went to CVS, picked up the prescription, went to Jamba Juice. I felt normal and I felt fine, you know, to do that, you know, but I'm also being very careful, you know, washing hands, sanitizing, masking, everything that that, need, that needs to happen. Oh, and specifically, our organization gave us the Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we did, I did have, I'm sorry, I did have coworkers that did experience, you know, flu-like symptoms afterwards. Some people did have headaches, you know, um, ran, you know, mild fevers, but I think it, the vaccine, you know, re, uh, reacts differently with different people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Melissa, what was your experience like from the beginning? So can you walk us through Mine was a little bit different because the veterinary industry, we were actually in tier 1B. We've always known we were supposed to be the second round. And then then L.A. County told us, oh, no, we're moving you up to 1A with everybody, with uh, with everybody, with the health coworkers. We're like, okay, so all of us, we basically crashed the, the appointment site. Um, it took me a while to get my mine and my mom's appointment. She's a health coworker as well. We got her, both of us got an appointment. And then a week later, they told us, oh, by the way, the veterinary industry, we take it back. You guys aren't eligible anymore. But so that was a big, that was a mess. People were going, they were being, they posted signs that said veterinary industry, you're not getting vaccinated. But my mom was going to go get vaccinated. So I was going to go anyway. So I was like, I'm just going to go try. Where's they tell me no, my mom gets vaccinated. That's the end of it. So we showed up, I had to give her all my paperwork and everything. And she said, okay, no problem. So I guess it depended on what site you went to. Um, um, We had to fill out the questionnaire, you know, we had COVID, we have this, we have that. Um, And then they, I I got the Moderna vaccine. Um, Mine was outside in a parking lot in Albertsons. Um, and then they just gave us the shot and then they had, um, tents with, uh, they had a nurse in every tent and we sat there for 15 minutes. They timed us and then that's it. We went home. And then for a week afterwards, we would get texts asking us what symptoms we had or how we're feeling. Um, uh, my mom, she said she just felt a sore arm. I actually, it was, I didn't have a sore arm, but three hours later, my arms and my legs were itchy. I didn't get a rash. I didn't get anything else. I took a Zyrtex and within an hour it was gone and I never experienced that. So I don't, 
that's the only thing and um that's the only thing I experienced um luckily it wasn't I guess I didn't get a rash or anything so mm-hmm. and then I got a text the following day and they already scheduled our second appointment already so I know you said you know both your parents and your grandma also got you know yes. vaccinated as well um how did it go with them with your grandma with your dad I know you're, you talked about your mom but what about the yeah other? My dad and my mom, grandma, that was a struggle to try to get them into the appointments. It took me probably a good two, two and a half weeks. I have, my grandma's 98 years old and my dad's in his mid seventies. So it's, it was very frustrating to get them in. Um, I actually found through here in Downey, they have one of those drive throughs very easy. Um, they, t- you know, you stop, you give them your IDs. They actually had to fill out the questionnaires online before we went in. They just double checked took everyone's temperature in the car, went in, they numbered, they wrote what time they got the vaccine. The nurses came to the car, gave them the vaccines. They wrote what time they gave the, the vaccine to them. We had to sit there. They were monitoring us. Um, and at 15 minutes, someone tapped on my window, said, you guys can go. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I have another very important question to ask you. You said you got um, vaccinated in Albertson's parking lot. Mm-hmm. You have the fried chicken afterwards because they have delicious fried chicken there. No, I didn't. <laughs> there was an In and Out, and we just—I just went to In and Out. So no Albertson's fried chicken. No Albertson's fried okay, chicken. I really had to ask that. <laughs> Albertson's fried chicken is good, but it's no Popeyes fried chicken. No. <laughs> that chicken is better than Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, Albertson's chicken is way better than. Popeyes. It might be. I have to. I have to agree with that. It might be better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay, so um, any other questions or anything else we need to talk about? Merrick, anything you want to add based on what they were saying? Um, you know, any, anything you want to add? Fuck. <laughs> you know, just listen, my advice is if you're getting the vaccine or you're not, just be careful, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, wash your hands. I still feel, and, and everyone in the industry feels like the number one way that this thing is getting transmitted is by touch. You know, you touch something, you touch your face, and it's getting transmitted. You know, wear the mask, you know, whatever protection it gives, it gives something, you know. So just be careful. I think in the end, it's going to be herd immunity. You know, this is the next flu. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be with us. It's going to mutate enough that it's going to coexist with us and not kill us. Just like the flu, it'll kill some people. It'll make you sick, some people. Some people just go right through it, you know? But we're not there yet. You know, it's got to mutate a few more times for that to happen. That's my opinion. So just be careful. Okay, uh, Pete, and then I'll go to Joe. Yeah, I, I want to ask two questions. One to Melissa and then back to Marek. So, so Melissa, so you got the first vaccine and uh, so did the rest of your family. Um, did they also schedule the second vaccine for you um, prior to this or have they done it since, or have you not gotten a date on when you're getting the second vaccine? That night for both of us, for all four of us, we got a text saying, um, this is the date you have to show up. What time do you want to come in? So they scheduled it right away. We didn't have to, cause I was like, Oh man, I have to go through this again, trying to get on the LA County website to try to sign them up. But it was actually very simple um through that so okay so and, and Marek um this this might be a question that doesn't have a really good answer but uh you, you're saying that that, that probably the, the most likely scenario for this is all going to be that we're just going to eventually have to live with this 
um, and get maybe yearly shots the same way that people get flu shots. Why this? Why this virus as opposed to the zillion others that that have passed through um, time that, that this would be the one that just happens to be just like the flu where we're going to have to keep dealing with it year in and year out? Is it that it got past the point where it turned into a pandemic and then they just could not could not contain it? And is that why um, it's going to be with us long term or is there something different about this particular virus that, that's, that just makes it more likely that it's going to be around for a long time to come? Before I try to answer that question, um, I do want to say something about, you know, what I said previously, um, you know, about being careful and it's going to be like, you know, something like the flu we're going to deal with. I want everyone to know that, you know, this virus, it is serious, you know, like it really put me through hell. And some people, the dangerous thing about this virus is that you don't know how it's going to affect you. You know, I have friends, coworkers who had it and, they had no symptoms, you know. Some of them didn't even know they had it. They just came up positive with antibodies. Um, you know, other people, on the other hand, went through the gamut. You know, they they unfortunately died from it, you know, and you just don't know how it's going to affect you. So I don't want anyone to think, you know, who's listening that, you know, I think that this is a joke, you know, that it's a flu, that's it. You know, this thing is serious. You know, it can kill. I say, you know, be careful. Now, to try to answer your question, Peter, um, I say it's like the flu or it's going to be treated like the flu uh, in a sense that, uh, you know, compared to all the viruses that have been around, this is the one that's affecting the whole entire world. You know, you had SARS, you had swine flu. Yes, large areas of the world were affected, but not the entire world. I mean, you're talking about something that hasn't happened in a very long time. So eventually, I think, and a lot of my colleagues, that the way we're going to deal with this is when this virus changes enough not to kill us, you know, where it needs to, the bottom line is, it's like, it's an animal. It needs to live. You know, it doesn't want to die. And the only way it's going to live is if it coexists with its hosts. And guess what? We're the hosts. That's the bottom line. So if it kills us, it's not living. So that's why I say eventually, you know, this is going to be something that we're going to be dealing with. I don't think it's going to be eradicated 100%. You know, it's mutating. You know, that's why I'm skeptical about the vaccines, you know. Two months ago, you know, Fauci came out and said, oh, you know, the Moderna vaccine covers the mutation, you know. Then a few weeks ago, he came out and said, you know, it doesn't cover it 100 percent. So, you know, going back to Robert's thing, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And unfortunately, it's not just from Facebook, you know. You keep on changing things all the time. Granted, you know, this is something that is new that we're dealing with, the whole world's dealing with, and things change. But, you know, the misinformation that's being put out to the public, not only through Facebook, but from, you know, elected officials, health uh, educators and scientists, you know, it just, it really could drive you crazy. You don't know what to believe, you know? So I'm getting a little off topic, Pete, but bottom line is, I think it is something we're going to have to deal with for a very long time. And 
it may just come down to um, someone asked me on the last interview when I was on your show, you know, do I think it's going to be like a vaccine one and done? Absolutely not. You know, this thing's mutating. It's going to keep on mutating. So it might be a, a thing where, you know, we might have to figure out statistically, okay, what's the next mutation going to be? You know, after having a lot of experience with this, it might come up with a, you know, protocol, or not a protocol, but more of a program to try to find out statistically, okay, what's COVID, you know, 19, 20, 20, whatever the number is going to be, you know, what's the, what's the uh, uh, composition of it going to be that we could fight it this season, you know? And I hope when it gets to that point, that it is something where we cough, we ache, but we keep on going on our daily life, you know, because what's going on right now, it's bad. You know, all this COVID stuff and, and lockdown and masks, you know, it's got other effects that people are talking about. So, so we, we literally don't have a clue how long immunity lasts with any of these vaccines. Like we won't, you know, we won't know until it just stops for somebody, right? Is that how it basically is? Uh, you know, if you, they don't even have a clue of how, how much immunity, you know, someone with the antibodies got, you know? First, they came out six months. Then they came out three months. Now, I just heard actually today, they're back to six months again, you know? So it's hard to say, you know, yeah, you're going to get the vaccine and it's going to cover you, you know? For the two people on the panel, I say good luck because, listen, you got the vaccine, but is it going to cover you with the mutations? You know, what are we up to? Three different mutations at this point? We got Brazil, South Africa, and I think there's one more out of Asia, right? The UK, now. The, there's the UK one. Uh... The UK. So we got three different mutations going on right now. You know, and again, you know, call me, you know, skeptical, not optimistic. I think I'm a pretty optimistic person. But the reality is, you know, you got a medication and something's changing. Guess what? That medication's going to have to change too. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, you know, I've always been a little scared of the vaccine because I know I've asked you this before, Merrick. I just don't want to grow a tail because I would look really weird with a tail because I'm very short and it would just drag. But um, I'm just glad. I'm sure, I'm sure Peter would love you anyway. Don't I, I, I don't know about that. Know the I, I, I love you. I told you. Only if you lose an arm. If you lose an arm, I'm going to The divorce is on the table. Okay, God. That's, that's my line, the arm thing. Yeah, that's when you lose me. Um, okay, so let's take one final question. I think, Joe, you wanted to ask something, and then I want to move on to something fun. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I, I'm i totally down for a tail. As long as it has, like, that little, like, devil point at the end, I could totally work that. Um, <laughs> so my question is for Merrick. Merrick, all during the lockdown and pandemic and everything, I have still been a regular uh, blood donation don- donor because I am a universal donor. Uh, so my question to you is, am I like gambling every time I'm doing this? Or do you think that it's still safe to like donate blood? Absolutely. Absolutely. Please don't stop donating. By the way, I'm uh, universal also, you know, and you know, the, the stakes are higher now because of the plasma. So by all means, do not stop. You know, I, everybody please give blood because a lot of people are scared and I'm sure there's shortages, you know? And listen, COVID's around, but people didn't stop needing blood. You know, operations need to happen. People need to live, you know, and they can live. So, you know, let's not kill them off because there's no blood. There's a shortage, you know. So you're safe. Mask up. 
bring your bring your uh, you know bottle of sanitizer. You know, you touch anything, sanitize. Listen, I'm a little more relaxed. I'll be honest, but you know, I had to go into the hospital the other you know last week. Not for myself, thank God, but for, with a family member. You know, I got home. We sprayed each other with a uh, sanitizer <laughs> on the backside where we were sitting all over the place. You know. So, you know, you just you have to be careful. Don't um, don't get to the point where you're like, ah, whatever, you know, uh, like mm-hmm. I'm relaxed, but I'm not at that point, you know, and I'm probably not at that point because uh, the consideration I have for other people around me, you know, and that's the important thing. So yeah. please do not stop giving blood, especially if you're a universal donor. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. And I hope you stick around um, because it is TMI Daily and we have to have some fun too. So do you guys want to stay and celebrate National Read Aloud Day with us? Are you guys going to stick around? Okay. Okay. Your funeral. (laughs) It's your funeral, not ours. (laughs) So today is National Read Aloud Day. And since we realize there are a lot of people who don't read all that well, we thought we might have the panel take a written comprehension test to see at what grade level you actually read at. So I'm going to read you something out loud and then ask you a multiple choice question about what I read. And just raise your hand when you hear the correct answer. Okay, so let's begin. So, Pete, I'm just reading the questions. And the questions are the, the multiple choice. These, this is actually a standardized form that we got online that they, they do use on children to decide what grade level they read at. So, Great, uh, but put more pressure on us. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say ahead of time, I did take it earlier today, and I read at a high, very high level for a child. Of course, of course you do. What was your grade level? You know? yeah, it, didn't, it was weird. It didn't actually say the grade level, but it said but that I was efficient it, it congratulated me i don't I'm just I'm this is like a spin on uh, Peter, the congratulations the congratulations is just a nice thing to say because they don't want you to like be they don't want you to panic you know it's like everyone gets an award so <laughs> okay well i'll take it again with you guys okay so pete so do you have the answers and i think you know what I, I'm fairly certain that, that when you ask the questions, we're going to hopefully all yeah. know the answer. I hope. Okay, so here we we're go. Not, we're, we're fucked. Excuse my language. But we are. We're really okay. We're really stupid then. Okay, so here's the first. The oh, first it's American. That's all. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> okay, number one. A dog is bigger than a mouse, but smaller than an elephant. Here are your four choices. A dog is smaller than a mouse. A dog is very big. A dog is the biggest. An elephant is bigger than a dog. What? what? The one you think is right. What do you think is right based on the first sentence that I read? So you're saying the last one of the elephant last is bigger one. than a dog? Yeah. Okay, that's the last one. That is correct. That's correct. Okay. One for one, kids. Good job, guys. Okay, number two. Sanjay is English, but Teresa isn't. She's American. So is it Teresa is English? Sanjay isn't English. Sanjay isn't American. Or Teresa and Sanjay aren't English. 
It's number three. C. I'm going with C on that one. Okay. I'm going so, by numbers here. So. That is correct, C. Okay. God, you guys are smart. Okay, number three. <laughs> he is the oldest man in the world. Is it he is not as old as my grandmother? Many men are older. There are no older men anywhere. He's older than some other men. Uh, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are saying C? The, um, there are no older men anywhere? Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I would say that's it, too. That is correct. <laughs> so right. it's not really about reading. It's just, yeah. like, just like simplifying. It's like, comprehension, yeah. sir. It is called comprehension. It's just, just how much information you retain. Well, here's the thing. It's not about retaining information. This is like... They're asking you, they're, the sentence itself is asking you like the way a kid would speak. And then like, they're asking you to adultify the answer basically. Cause like it's all information that you really don't need to understand what they're trying to say. Can we get some QAnon people on here and do this again? Just so Chris <laughs> can figure out what we're doing. <laughs> okay. Number four, you can't come without a ticket. Is it, you can come if you have a ticket, you mustn't go with a ticket. You don't need a ticket to come. You cannot buy a ticket outside. What is this ticket for? <laughs> I'm a child. It's the first one. <laughs> I'm a child. It's the first one. <laughs> I laughed the entire time. Sorry. So the wording was trash. Most of you are saying A, you can come if you have a ticket. So Pete, yeah. what's the answer? That's true. Okay, I'll, good job, guys. You, you can't come without a ticket. Sounds like an, a Los Angeles dating site, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm getting A put on my door. You come if you have a ticket. <laughs> put that in my bedroom door right now. <laughs> okay, number five. Andrea is looking after the children. Is it she can see the children? She's taking care of the children. She's looking at the children, or the children are, are in front of her. Number two. Oh, B? Yeah. yeah. Two. If you don't know this one, then you're really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. B? Okay, that is correct. I, right, B? It is correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I don't have the, the, the text in front of me. I'm just going by okay. common sense. This point. So number six. They only have one car for the family. Is it... They only like cars. They do not like any other cars. They do not have two cars or they have a big family. C. 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 Number three. Uh-huh. That's correct. Yes. Number seven. What does Vonica like? What are her favorite things? How is she? Does she look like Vonica or does he like Vonica? <laughs> is it supposed to be Veronica or is it Vonica? It could be Vonica. <laughs> or Victoria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's the answer, Pete, for number seven? What does what does Vonica like? Oh, it's Vonica. Oh, oh Vonica. Okay. I believe it was A, right? A, yeah. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got three more. Number eight. He hopes to go home, but he may go to work. Is it He'll be at home before the office. It is possible that he will go to work. He's allowed to go to work. He always goes home 
after work? Two. Yeah, two. Two? It is possible that he will go to work. Mm -hmm. You know, it is it is coronavirus, so he could actually be at home and at work. So (laughs) (laughs) got extra points for that one. Always trying to get more more points, huh, Joe? <laughs> Always trying to get more points. Always trying to get more points. Okay, two more. Number nine. I want you to clean the car when you come back. Is it A, you want to clean it? B, we will clean it together. C, I don't want you to forget to clean it. Or D, I want to clean the car. C. Yeah, C. C. Sure, why not? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, and we're still not getting the car cleaned with that one, though. It's just you didn't forget that I said it. Right. (laughs) And the last one, number 10. She used to smoke cigarettes. Is it A, she's used to cigarettes? B, (laughs) she smoked before, but she doesn't now. C, she usually smokes cigarettes. Or D, she used two cigarettes. Wait, hold on. Could, could she smoke, wait, could she smoke cigarettes to come? What? That's not the ticket. That's not the no. ticket. <laughs> so who says B? B. I do. So what is the conclusion? What is our I'm going to go B. Yeah. So I good readers? So what's 10 out of 10? That means we're brilliant. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we are brilliant. We're geniuses. None of us are going to the Derek Zoolander, the Derek Zoolander Institute for Kids Who Can't Read Good. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And special thanks to our guests that joined us tonight. And before we go, I actually want to plug um, our friend Dean McDermott has a brand new show that's uh, starting tonight in Canada. So our Canadian friends, check out Pretty Hard Cases. Um, it's his brand new show, and we love Dean, and we want him to, you know, do really well with his show. So good luck with that, Dean. And Veronica, do you know, hold on. Do you know when it's going to be on in Pakistan? Because that seems to be I a- don't know about our, I know, our Pakistan. Uh, no, I don't. But I just know it's going to be airing in Canada. Robert. Robert, when we're Robert, when we're all able to travel again, can we all come down and do the show by you and have some tacos and uh, and micheladas? Yeah, sure. Anytime. I'd love that. Let's do that. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have family in Guadalajara. What, what Danny? I have family in Guadalajara. Oh, there you go. So. Got plenty of places to stay there. So <laughs> so join us tomorrow with our guest. Um, they host the podcast Crush Fictionally. And they talk about favorite fictional characters in movies, TVs, shows, and books. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So until tomorrow night, we'll see you back here again at 6 p.m. Bye, everyone, and have a good night. Stay safe. Bye, and thank you. Bye-bye.